This episode is brought to you by Seed. Probiotics are most effective when they make it to your colon, alive. That's why Seed developed a patented two-in-one capsule that safeguards viability of its DSO-1 daily symbiotic through digestion to deliver the maximum dose to your colon. No refrigeration necessary. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Despite the left's hatred and bigotry towards us as Christians, I will never stop praying for those three sweet children, three nine-year-old children and three teachers who were gunned down at the private Christian school in Nashville. It's so horrendous to think about the pain that their families are feeling. I will never stop praying. No matter how much the left gaslights me as a Christian over thoughts and prayers, no matter how much they blame guns while ignoring the real issues that underpin mass shootings in our country, I will never stop praying. What we're gonna talk about today is what's behind mass shootings. This is a phenomenon that we experience in our country now that we did not experience 50 years ago. And it's not because gun culture has changed. If anything, fewer people own firearms or are comfortable with firearms, used to them. Fewer people have familiarity with the ins and outs of firearms than maybe 100 years ago when it was something that people did more often. But there's something conservatives even miss about the cause of the spate of mass shootings, especially the mass murder of children, children in school. And I wanna talk about that today. The shooter in Nashville was a woman, a biological woman. I know there's been some confusion here. The shooter was a biological woman who identified as transgender, so identified as a man, but she was a biological woman. And this is extremely important. This is pertinent to why she committed this horrific act of violence. Our culture has been inundated with queer theory, and this is the manifestation of queer theory. This is actually what queer theory was supposed to do. We're gonna break that down tonight. We're also gonna talk about a North Korean defector. She just wrote a book, I'm reading her book right now, and she talks about how she broke away from the brainwashing that happens in North Korea. North Korea is run like a cult. The Kims, Kim Jong-un and his father and grandfather, are the quote-unquote gods of this cult, and so all of the citizens of North Korea are brainwashed into this cult. She talks about what it was like to be brainwashed and pertinent to, I, I think, our country and in this moment, especially as it relates to the transgender cult, she talks about what broke her away from that brainwashing, how she escaped, how she escaped not just North Korea itself physically, but how she escaped the mental shackles that the Kims had on, on her as being a North Korean. It's very pertinent today to what's happening with young people and this woke cult, especially when it comes to queer theory and the transgender ideology. Um, there's also a new poll out about this, about, about how many people in our country are buying into the transgender ideology, buying into the cult of queer theory. And this poll is actually very encouraging. So we have a lot to talk about today, a lot of important, a, a lot of important things, a lot of, it's heartbreaking to have to talk about these topics. It's heartbreaking to have to break down a mass shooting when it's unfathomable to think of your own children or your own spouse being gunned down while at work or while at school. But if we don't sit here and unpack the details, 
who this shooter was, what they were motivated by, the manifesto, the response from the school. If we don't break down all of it, then we are not going to be able to prevent this from happening in the future, and I refuse to let that happen. So let's get to it. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Okay, so I want to start today just by clearing up confusion. I know there was a lot of uncertainty last night over whether the shooter in Nashville was a biological female who identified, quote unquote, identified as male or whether the shooter was a biological male who was dressed up as a woman because the uh, police, when they were doing briefings throughout the day yesterday about this shooting, repeatedly referred to the shooter as a woman. At the same time, the police said, listen, this, this shooter identifies as transgender. I think we have a clip of that, if we could play that clip. She does uh, identify as transgender, yes. Okay, so the police said that this woman, this woman shooter identified as transgender. Um, USA Today later corrected the police for misgendering and said that uh, the police had had used the wrong, this is their quote, police on Monday afternoon said that the shooter was a transgender man. Officials had initially misgendered the gender of the shooter. So what USA Today is talking about with that tweet is the video that I just showed you, where this police officer correctly referred to the woman as a female and said that this female identified as transgender. Um, if you look at the LinkedIn profile of the shooter, the shooter's name, by the way, is Audrey Hale. Audrey Hale's LinkedIn profile displayed he, him pronouns. So he, him is the preferred pronouns of Audrey Hale. Audrey Hale is a biological woman who identifies as a man. Um, Andy No, over, over at the Post Millennial, said that Audrey Hale also identified as Aiden Hale when Audrey was acting in her transgender, in her transgender identity here. Um, based on the pictures, it's not, it's not too much of a leap to assume that Audrey Hale was on testosterone, likely based on these photos of her. Testosterone can have violent effects when given to women in almost any dosage, but certainly at a dosage that would be given to her as part of a gender transition. Police also said, we'll get, we'll get back to that in a minute, but police said that there was a manifesto that was left by Audrey Hale because this, this situation, this, this Christian school, was a Christian school run in the second floor of a Presbyterian church. Audrey Hale had been, was 28 years old at the time of this mass murder, but had been a student at this school. It was a school from preschoolers up through sixth grade. So this was, the police said this was a targeted attack. This, this transgender person 
this female, Audrey Hale, intentionally targeted this Christian school because they were a Christian school and because of prior association. And police say that there's a manifesto that details even further um, ideology or motivation behind the attack. Take a listen. No, we have a manifesto. We have some writings that we're going over uh, that uh, pertain to this day, the actual incident. We have a map drawn out of how this was all going to take place. Uh, there's right now a theory of that's, that we may be able to talk about later, but it's not confirmed. And so we'll, we'll put that out as soon as we can. A theory that we might be able to talk about later that hasn't yet been confirmed. Huh. I wonder what that is. I wonder if this shooter was motivated by anti-Christian animus. I wonder if this shooter was motivated by anti-Republican, anti-conservative bias. At the same time that this attack took place, this is what looks like not just an anti-Christian hate crime, but what looks like a terror attack against Christians for being Christian and for holding Christian beliefs about sex and gender. We'll find out in detail the intricacies of the ideology of this shooter when the manifesto is released. And we must see this manifesto if we want to be able to prevent these atrocities from being perpetuated on our society in the future. What was happening at the same time Trans activists across the country are gearing up for what they're calling a trans day of vengeance. We have one of their flyers that they're passing around to try to uh, recruit people to come to Washington, D.C. and protest outside the Supreme Court. You can see this on the screen. It says, this is what the poster says. We need more than visibility. Trans day of vengeance. Stop trans genocide. Trans day of vengeance. It says again, April 1st at 11 a.m. Assemble at the Supreme Court. Wear a mask and bring a buddy. The background of this poster is all black and the writing is are, is written in the colors of the trans flag, light blue, light pink, and white. Is that a coincidence? Is it a coincidence that while trans activists are telling trans people that they are soon to be the targets of a genocide and that they deserve a day of vengeance, is it a coincidence that this female shooter who identified as transgender waged what appears to be an anti-Christian mass murder of children. You tell me. There aren't very many mass shooters who are women. A handful, maybe. It's almost always young men between the ages of about 15 and 25 who commit these mass murders, these mass shootings, especially school shootings. This is extremely unusual. It's why I think a lot of people were confused about whether this shooter was in fact a biological woman or whether it was a biological man dressed as a woman, because it is so abnormal for it to be a woman that it's worth noting that this individual, if she was in fact undergoing a transition medically and not just socially, she was obviously presenting socially as Aiden and using he, him pronouns, If she was undergoing a physical transition as well, she would have been on testosterone. This is standard protocol for a transition. And testosterone, when given to women, especially for a transgender transition, causes violence, can cause self-harm, it can cause suicidal ideation, it can cause agitation, and it can cause overreaction. And this is not my opinion. This is the opinion, the expertise of a doctor at the University of Utah who actually transitions transitions young people. So it's not someone who's on my side. It's not someone who's on the side of reality. This is a doctor who transitions 
young people, maybe even children for a living, talking about the dangerous ramifications of putting young women on testosterone. Take a listen. Guidelines which said that in a kid who has completed puberty and we should start testosterone, the dose is basically like the almost maintenance dose. It's a, it's a higher dose, it's 80 milligrams. Um, and we've decided to start at a much lower dose now to try to decrease that agitation, that irritability, make it a much slower, gradual introduction of testosterone. Because when I went back through over 100 of our trans boy charts and looked at mental health, their rates of suicidal ideations and self-harm and their uh, depression screening scores were much higher than the trans girls taking estrogen before and after estrogen and testosterone. And Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at seven. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at eight. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at nine. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV channel 347, Uverse channel 1220, or DirecTV stream. So this wasn't just a woman. It wasn't a regular everyday woman. This was most likely a woman who had been mutilated by doctors who had been giving her hormones and pharmaceuticals that don't cure the mental illness that this shooter clearly suffered from. This is queer theory. This is the manifestation of queer theory. This is Shocking beyond anything we can possibly verbally express to see this horrendous massacre take place. But ideologically, this shouldn't be a surprise because this is exactly what queer theory is supposed to do. The transgender ideology that we are so opposed to in public schools is dangerous for two reasons. It's dangerous because it harms our children. It destroys reality in their minds, which makes them psychologically confused. It's an assault on their identity to tell them, you know, you're not, you're not a boy, you're not a girl, you're not what you think you are, you're not correlated to your biology, you have no essence. It confuses children. It destroys objective reality in their minds. It grooms them into physical harm, inflicting physical harm on their bodies in the form of whether it's puberty blocking pharmaceuticals, whether it's cross-sex hormone therapies like testosterone for for women who are gender disordered or who are suffering a gender disorder, or whether it's these transgender surgeries, which are nothing short of, of just, I mean, they're like Frankenstein, to remove the healthy body organs, remove the breasts, remove the uterus of young women whose bodies are perfectly healthy, who suffer a, suffer a mental illness, to, to attach a neophallus to young women or to castrate young men and, and create a neo-vagina. This stuff is disgusting. It's, it's brutal. It's not just experimental, this is demonic, it's satanic, it's horrible what we are allowing, what we're allowing our medical community to do to our children. So queer theory, or the transgender ideology, I should say, in public schools and in pop culture, on TikTok, 
portrayed in these drag shows is incredibly dangerous to our children because of what it does to them, what it does to them mentally, what it does to them spiritually, what it does to them physically, and what it does to their identity as a whole. It's dangerous too because of what it does mentally to them um, as it relates to reality, objective truth. It, it, it conditions them to accept an arbiter of truth, an authoritarian figure, usually a government figure that can redefine words, that can redefine reality to suit that person's political narrative. Incredibly dangerous. But queer theory is, of course, the underpinning of the transgender ideology. Just like when I say, you know, critical race theory teaches that um, white children are inherently racist based on the color of their skin and black children are inherently oppressed based on the color of their skin. When children learn that in school, they're not taught, oh, this is queer theory and this is what it teaches. They're just taught, well, because you're white, you benefit from institutions of white supremacy, therefore you have white privilege, you, are, you have white complicity, and black children are told that they are just marginalized, that they're inherently impressed. But they're not told that this is critical race theory. We just understand that critical race theory is the ideological underpinning of these, these poisonous principles or these poisonous tenets that are being taught to children in public school. This is the same with the transgender ideology. The transgender ideology is not something in and of itself. It's not just this random, twisted, weird, creepy, gross, dangerous, horrifying ideology that someone just invented because they wanted to push their own sexual fetishes on someone else. No. The transgender ideology is the outgrowth of queer theory. The transgender ideology is the same as the principles of critical race theory being taught to children without telling them that it's critical race theory. The transgender ideology is taught to children as if it's true, you can be a boy if you want to be. You can be a girl if you want to be. Your biological sex is not correlated with your gender. Your gender can be on a spectrum. It's anything that you identify, anything that you want to be. Those things are the principles of queer theory. And queer theory, like critical race theory, is a neo-Marxist ideology. It is a descendant. It is one of the critical theories. Critical theory being one of the Marxist theories that came out of the Frankfurt School. Critical race theory is the, you could say, the grandchild of critical theory. Queer theory is also a critical theory because critical theory itself is built on this idea that if you, if you levy incessant criticism, relentless criticism is the term that they use, against prevailing notions or prevailing institutions, you can cause those prevailing notions or those prevailing institutions to crumble. And those institutions and those notions are usually something that stands in the way of a Marxist revolution. This is what critical theory teaches, that in order to... to spark a Marxist revolution, you have to tear down the institutions that protect the people. The way to tear down those institutions is through relentless criticism, criticism of the prevailing notions and principles and institutions. So you have critical race theory that takes this, this idea of critical theory and applies it to race in our country, and you have queer theory that takes the principles of critical theory and applies it to sex. So the prevailing notions that you and I might sit here and think, well, it's very obvious that sex is determined by what your body looks like, what your, yes, what your genitals look like, what your brain looks like, what your DNA looks like. These are the prevailing notions on sex because they're not just prevailing because we happened to win a political narrative. They're prevailing because they're objective truth. But queer theory attacks these prevailing notions on sex. Queer theory, through relentless criticism of the prevailing notions, seeks to tear down the institution of the family through the destruction of man, woman, child, marriage, sex, and gender. 
if you don't like that word, but it is the way that the left describes the manifestation or the behavior uh, that represents a certain sex, male or female. You can see how this is very dark, very convoluted. We know it's like the definition of woke. We might not all be able to sit here and offer a comprehensive academic definition of woke, but we know it when we see it, and when we see it, we know it's bad. That's like the transgender ideology. We might not all be able to sit here and say, listen, I will tell you exactly the, the history of the transgender ideology and how it's tied to queer theory, how queer theory is tied to critical theory, how critical theory is a neo-Marxist ideology, and how the intention of all of this is an enormous plot to subvert the United States. We might not all be able to sit here and say that, but it's important that we're able to understand it that we're able to identify that it's not just a gender disorder that an individual suffers. It's not just something that we've recently put a name on. It's recently become prominent in the United States because there's increased tolerance of a variety of gender identities. That's not what's happening. What's happening is the left is using queer theory to destabilize the younger generations in our country. So we look in public schools and we see these things being taught to our children and we say, wait a second, we see that, we don't like it, we know it's bad, we know it's evil, we know it's harmful, and therefore we're gonna say stop to it because we're protecting our children, we're protecting against the first reason why queer theory is dangerous, but we need to understand what the purpose of queer theory is so that when we fight the ideological fight against queer theory, we understand that this female shooter who identified as transgender, a woman who claimed to be a man, who had clearly bought into the transgender ideology, which is an outgrowth of queer theory, was actually manifesting the purpose of queer theory. The purpose of queer theory is to spark a neo-Marxist revolution. That sounds kind of vague. It sounds kind of almost hyperbolic. How do, they, how do queer theorists intend for that to happen? Queer theorists intend to spark a Marxist revolution by destabilizing the family unit. What they want to happen is they want to use LGBTQ people as the new vanguard. You remember what a vanguard is when Karl Marx proposed what I will call economic Marxism. He suggested that the working class should revolt against the ruling class because the working class were oppressed by the oppressive ruling class. So he said, well, you malcontents, you people that I've labeled as victims, you should overthrow people that you are oppressing. This, was, this, was the, this is the fundamental, this is one of the fundamentals of Marxism is to divide a society into two camps, oppressed and oppressors. Well, when economic Marxism didn't happen, when Marxist revolutions based on economic discontent never, never came to fruition, the next generation of Marxists realized that they needed a new structure, they needed a new vanguard, meaning they needed a new group of people who they could label as marginalized, who would revolt against and overthrow the group of people that they had labeled as oppressors. So queer theory does this by labeling LGBTQ people as marginalized and oppressed and telling them that in order to be truly liberated, in order to live their lives authentically, in order to be their true selves, they have to throw off these cis, hetero, patriarchal, Christian oppressors. Everybody had 
spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial wherever you download your favorite podcasts. The intention of queer theory is exactly what we saw play out in this Christian school in Nashville. The intent of queer theory is a revolution. The intent of queer theory is to indoctrinate and ideologically arm queer identifying people to think that they are such perpetual victims of anybody who doesn't celebrate this ideology that anybody who doesn't celebrate the ideology should be overthrown. Queer theory is ideologically arming the young generation of our country to be violent. This is what queer theory is. It's not just dangerous to children's minds and bodies. It is that. It is dangerous to children's minds and bodies. But it's so much more dangerous than most people even realize. This female shooter in Nashville, Tennessee, actually embodies queer theory. And once we see that manifesto, I think we'll see this for a fact. I want to talk about this book that I'm reading right now. I'm in the middle of it. I haven't finished it yet. It's by Yeonmi Park. She is a North Korean defector. The book is called While Time Remains, A North Korean Defector's Search for Freedom in America. You can see the the cover of the book on the screen right now. And one of the things, one of the parts that stuck out to me the most when I was reading this, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating book, by the way. Um, Not not just for the reason that I'm going to talk about today, the tie-in to what we're we're discussing as it relates to the transgender cult or this queer theory ideology. It's a really really chilling book to hear how she escaped from North Korea. She and her mom escaped to China. They were sold into sex slavery. How they escaped sex slavery, settled in South Korea, and then came here to the United States. And it's an an amazing, amazing, miraculous tale. But Yeonmi Park discusses at one point in her book what it was like to live in the North Korean, the, the regime of Kim Jong-un. She said, it's a cult. It's, it's a closed nation, as we all know. You're not allowed to go in and out. There's no communications. They don't have access to the internet. It's If you go into North Korea, it looks like you're walking into a completely different era because they have no modern, they have no modern conveniences. They have no modern inventions. They are an extremely poor nation. Their standard of living, living is subpar compared to everywhere else in the world. And she talks about how in this cult of North Korea, and I call it a cult because the Kims, both Kim Jong-un and his father and his grandfather, portrayed themselves to be God. Not just the ruler, not just the authoritarian dictator, they portrayed themselves to be God. They actually, as Yeonmi Park discusses in her book, 
actually portrayed themselves using co-opting some of the some of the biblical story of the Messiah of Jesus Christ as as a way to brainwash their people into worshiping them and believing that they were these these omnipresent or omnipotent gods. It's really horrifying. But she talks about what it's like to be brainwashed in that cult and how she at one point believed that Kim Jong-un could read her mind. Even after she escaped from China, she thought that Kim Jong-un had supernatural powers and could read her mind. And she was talking about in North Korea, one of the ways that they brainwash people into believing that Kim Jong-un is a god is by eliminating words from the language that they speak every day. For example, children in North Korea are taught that no one loves them except Kim Jong-un, and that the love that Kim Jong-un has for them surpasses all else. And she says, children believe this because there is no word for love in the North Korean language. They've eliminated that completely. There's no word to describe what you might feel for your spouse or what what you feel for your children or what your parents felt for you or what you feel for your friends or your siblings or your niece or nephew. There's no words to describe what, what is love. This is what, this is what she writes. It's not just the word love that they've eliminated, that North Korea's Kim Jong-un has eliminated from what is permitted language. And this is generational now. So it's not just a crackdown on what language you're allowed to use while everyone knows the language in their head. This has been several generations now, multiple generations. And so the language has just disappeared. This is what Yeonmi Park writes. She writes, Americans also seemed to have an interesting attitude towards mental health. She's talking about after she first came to America, the things that were different to her. She said, one of the first things my agent suggested was to seek out a therapist to treat my quote unquote trauma. I didn't understand either concept, she writes. I had no words for them in my North Korean dialect, which consisted of only adjectives and synonyms to describe a quote-unquote socialist paradise with quote-unquote nothing to envy. There are no words in North Korean for tyranny, trauma, or depression, or love for that matter. Without words to describe an emotion or phenomenon, I discovered it's easy enough to live your life not even knowing they exist. Totalitarian regimes understand this fact quite well. She goes on to say, a little bit later in the book, she goes, I'll never forget one classmate, a biological male who identified as gender fluid and and preferred they, there, taking offense when I accidentally used he. I made grammatical mistakes all the time, something that was obvious to all of my classmates who were too polite to correct me as I was clearly a recent immigrant, but not this classmate who unbraided me after class. I wanted to tell this fragile soul about life in North Korea versus life in America, but of course I didn't. In fact... In the students' eyes, I could see real suffering. They weren't faking it, they were in pain. They truly felt threatened, harmed, and oppressed. I actually sympathized. I remembered as a child being so brainwashed by my teachers that I sincerely believed the dear leader could read my mind. Even in China, after my escape from North Korea, I still believed this. It was only after arriving in South Korea that I learned that the Kims were not gods and that they had no ability to see my thoughts. I mean it when I said that all I felt for this person was compassion, empathy, and understanding. I couldn't blame them for being so severed from reality that they felt entitled to talk to me as if I were a bigot when I was just a very recent immigrant who made a mistake that, according to what I'd been taught, wasn't actually a mistake. This person was simply lost, completely untethered from life, with no sense whatsoever of what either justice or injustice meant or looked like, and it probably wasn't even their fault. So then... 
she talks about how she escaped this cult, this brainwashing. And I think that this is extremely insightful because the vast majority of people in our country who buy into the transgender ideology, which is the outgrowth of queer theory, although they don't know that, they're not buying intentionally into a neo-Marxist, a violent revolutionary neo-Marxist ideology. They think they're just being tolerant. They think they're just including, but they're being brainwashed into not knowing what objective truth is. They're being brainwashed into thinking that whether it's black people with critical race theory or LGBTQ people with queer theory, that these people are sincerely oppressed and that if you use the wrong pronoun or if you post a meme, this is what CNN contributor said, if you post a meme of a black person that you are wearing digital blackface and that's a some kind of microaggression or bad thing for a white person to do, they think that that is truly something that will cause trauma and suffering to a black person or an LGBTQ person because they've been completely brainwashed. Language has been twisted and redefined to serve the purpose of this ideology. And Yonmi Park talks about, well, how actually do you deprogram from this kind of brainwashing when you truly believe what you have been taught, when your reality has been so twisted by intense indoctrination that you actually are untethered from reality? This is what she said. When I lived in North Korea, I was brainwashed to believe that the Kims were starving just like us, simply because that's what I was taught from a young age. It wasn't until a friend in South Korea pointed out to me that Kim Jong-il had a big round belly that I realized he couldn't possibly be starving. Quite literally, I had to be taught to use reason to deduce that Kim Jong-il was in fact fat, even though a baby could have seen it. That's why the subversion of critical thinking is so dangerous. It is the mechanism by which humans lose their faculties as individuals and succumb to groupthink, which is a precondition for every totalitarian society on earth. Then she says, it was not the education I received at Columbia or following the American press that helped me finally break out of this. It was reading old books. Michael Young's The Rise of the Meritocracy was one. George Orwell's collected writings were another. I started to believe, as I still do now, that the only way to think for yourself is to ignore the mainstream media and largely forget the daily news cycle and connect instead with the great minds of the past who know all of our problems better than we do ourselves. There's a reason why the great books of Western civilization are all banned in dictatorships. I read that and I thought, I wanna share this with you because this is something. We can understand that wokeism in, in general, is structured like a cult. We can understand that there are subcults, the, the cult of critical race theory, the cult of queer theory, that they're operated like literal cults, that people get brainwashed into them, that sometimes the most annoying voices propagating the talking points of the cult are actually the victims at the lowest level of this cult. They were duped into, into being water carriers for the cult leaders, but they don't really know what they believe. They just think that they're doing something greater than themselves. They're kind of just stupid. But how do you get someone out of this? How do you actually deprogram somebody who's been brainwashed into a cult? And Yanmi Park, who was brainwashed for the first 13, 14, 15 years of her life, says that she continued to be brainwashed until she was taught how to reason by reading the great classic works, reading books of the great, reading books written by great minds. And I found that to be incredibly insightful and incredibly hopeful because 
it's very easy to be depressed and hopeless. I mean, we're heartbroken over what happened in Nashville. And we think, how do we prevent this from happening again? Even if we understand what queer theory has done and what queer theory will do if we don't put a stop to it. Even if we understand that it's wrong for our children to be harmed mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and we want to protect them against that indoctrination in school, we can't fully protect them when it's outside of school. How are we going to prevent this from taking over? The generation that's already been indoctrinated, what do we do with them? This is a clue into what we can do. One of the things that we can start doing to start unprogramming, deprogramming the youngest generation of Americans who have fallen prey to this. This cult that we're dealing with is incredibly dangerous, but there was a recent poll done that is encouraging. It is, it is encouraging. This poll um, says that 56% of Americans think that transgender athletes should only play on teams that match their biological sex. This is a Wall Street Journal poll. And that doesn't seem like a huge number to me when I first heard that. I was like, really, only 56% of Americans think that, think that boys shouldn't play on girls' sports teams? You can't get a higher consensus on this issue? But if you look further down in this poll, the actual breakdown of numbers is very telling. So in answer to this question, do you think transgender athletes should be able to play on sports teams that match their current gender identity or should they be allowed to play only on sports teams that match their sex assigned at birth? I actually hate the phraseology that they used here. 17%, only 17% said that transgender individuals should play on teams that match their gender identity. 17% is not a big number. 17% is like the fringe of the fringe on the left. Then you have the 56% who think that transgender people should only play on teams associated with their biological sex. But then, the third number, 25% of people responding to this poll answered, I'm not sure. 25%. So actually, what this poll tells us is that 25% of the American people can be won over. 25% of the American people are not sure are not sure, which means that we have a tremendous opportunity to invite them and encourage them and empower them to join us on Team Reality and protect them against the neo-Marxist cult that is queer theory that seeks to subvert their minds and, their, and then their bodies. One-fourth of the American people, 25% of the American people are still up for grabs. I spent almost 10 minutes just looking at this poll because that number floored me. I thought it was going to be much more evenly divided that, you know, people on the right, we know what we believe. We believe male, female people on the left. They pretty much believe 127 different genders. A few independents in the middle might side with the right on this, so it might tilt a little bit more towards the right than, than some of the other maybe tax issues but 25% of the American people are still able to be won over? This is a tremendous opportunity. My friends, keep fighting on this, keep fighting. The Nashville school shooting is going to fall out of the news probably tomorrow, the next day. Within 24, 48, maybe 72 hours, this story is going to be gone with the wind because of a couple of reasons. First of all, this, was, this attack took place at Covenant School, which is a private Christian school. Um, this woman, 
Shooter, identified as transgender. That's the second reason it's going to be lost to the news. Also, the guns that were used in the commission of this heinous murder were legally purchased and obtained firearms. So this is not going to be something that the left can blame guns for. Although before the news broke that the shooter was transgender, the Biden administration certainly did their best to try to blame guns, but not before Biden made one of the most distasteful jokes that I can remember Biden making. And that's saying something because we're talking about Joe Biden. This is what Joe Biden said before he addressed the shooting itself. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. That was his first comment after the shooting. And then he immediately pivoted to politicizing this shooting and calling for gun control. Again, to speak, the reason I spent a little time in the kids, I, I just want to speak very briefly about the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. <clears throat> you know, uh, Ben and I have been doing this our whole careers, it seems. And uh, it's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to, did not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly, within minutes, and the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, Ben, as you know. And uh, we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reportedly had two assault weapons and a pistol to AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's about time that we begin to make some more progress. So first of all, the shooter did not have AK-47s. The shooter reportedly had a rifle, an AR-style rifle, an AR pistol, and a handgun that were legally purchased, obviously egregiously illegally used. Biden's assault weapons ban was already tried we had an assault weapons ban for 10 years in the United States, and it did not materially impact or decrease the homicide rate in our country, but it did decrease. It did violate the fundamental rights of law-abiding citizens to keep and bear arms, which is protected under the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution. Biden's despicable. The entire Biden administration is trying to use, exploit a horrible tragedy to push their pre-existing political agenda. And what's worse than Biden, Karine Jean-Pierre, his press secretary, blamed Republicans for this. In his State of the Union, the president called on Congress to do something to stop the epidemic of gun violence, tearing families apart, tearing communities apart. How many more children have, have to be murdered before Republicans in Congress will step up and act to pass the assault weapons ban? Now it's Republicans' fault for blocking gun control measures that we've tried in the past that don't work and that violate American citizens' fundamental right to keep and bear arms. These people are despicable. And if you sit here 
and you blame guns, and you don't ask any other question about the ideology and the background and the motivation and the mental health status and the politics of this shooter, then you're a despicable hack. And if you refuse to say the name of this shooter, you refuse to look at the manifesto because you don't want to spark copycats and you don't want to glorify this shooter in the media, then I'm sorry to tell you that you are virtue signaling. You are standing in the way of figuring out how to stop these shootings from happening in the future. There are a lot of questions about this that still need to be answered, but I will tell you one thing. We need to see that manifesto. We must see that manifesto. We can't let the amount of time that has lapsed between the shooting and when the manifesto is delivered to the public stop us from analyzing what ideologically motivated this horrendous act of mass murder. Because what we're gonna find, we're gonna find that this was a targeted attack, just like the police said it was, that it was motivated by bigotry toward Christians that Christians were targeted deliberately, that the transgender ideology that had been indoctrinated into this woman, the queer theory that she had embraced was motivating her. She felt oppressed, she felt marginalized, and she felt that those marginalizing her were cisgender, heterosexual, probably men, Christians, who unless she overthrew them, she would never be free. It's queer theory in the flesh. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 